You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend and happy Timberwolves game day. The Timberwolves are in Oklahoma City on Friday night to take on the OKC Thunder uh, just 48 hours after beating them at Target Center on Wednesday. We will preview that game here on the show today, among other things. We'll get to all that here in just a sec. First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every single day. Lockdown Wolves is, of course, now free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube and uh, all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, any obscure podcast platform that you love. We're on all those platforms. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so today on the show, we will close with a brief Wolves Slender preview. Of course, the Wolves just played Oklahoma City Wednesday, so there's not a whole lot that's changed from that game. But just kind of taking what we saw happen on Wednesday and applying that to uh, to Friday night in OKC. So we'll talk about that. And then also just a little bit of uh, news around the Timberwolves roster. Nothing extremely major involving current rotation guys, but a little bit of movement on the back end of the roster. So we'll talk about that here in a little bit. First, though, I want to start with some of the lineup data. So um, we've talked a little bit about about the we've talked a lot about the greatest lineup ever, which again, not coined by me, coined by John Schumann at NBA.com. The data on the Timberwolves' preferred starting lineup, which of course wasn't the regular starting lineup until what late February, uh, really, when everybody was healthy and Patrick Beverly had established himself as a starter. D'Angelo Russell went out, came back. He remained a starter. Um, this was, you know, I don't know. It was probably like the, what the fifth, sixth, seventh different lineup that Chris Finch tried this season. But the D'Angelo Russell, Patrick Beverly backcourt with Anthony Edwards. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt and Carl Anthony Towns has proven to be just unbelievable. And I've talked at length as as to why it's such a great fit. In fact, Chris Finch talked a little bit after the game, the win on Wednesday, about why he thinks the lineup is so great. And he talked a lot about how, um, yes, there's a couple guys that are defense first in Patrick Beverly and, and Jared Vanderbilt, but they're both, he didn't use the words low usage, I don't think but neither of them are guys that need the ball very often on offense, which is the definition of low usage essentially. But Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell all do need the ball a lot to be successful. And there was some concern about how that trio would work because they're all shoot first guys. Um, but as it turns out, when your other two players are really low usage and Vando is such a good cutter, so good. And this is what Chris Finch talked about was Vanderbilt's knack for getting open, for being in the right place at the right time, for understanding the spacing with Towns. When Towns has the ball, you know, in, in a post-up situation or, or near the elbow or, uh, you know, in the high post, Vando knows the proper spacing. Not everybody has that instinct um, and not everybody can really learn that. We've seen that throughout the years with Towns. The other bigs he's played with, the spacing doesn't work. Even though Vando doesn't have a jump shot at all, um, other than a few corner threes here and there, but he's never going to shoot a mid-range jumper. He has no range, you know, above the break outside the three-point arc. Vando knows where to be in the dunker spot. He knows when to cut. He knows when to cut right underneath the basket and be available for a dump off pass from Towns or a pass from a cutter from somebody who's slashing to the basket like an Anthony Edwards or a Patrick Beverly. And Beverly 
has been a little more aggressive of late offensively, certainly against the Clippers on Monday and early in the game, especially against the Thunder on Wednesday. But he's a career, despite what the Thunder announcers thought on Wednesday, he's a very good three-point shooter for his career. He's got a reputation as being a really a knockdown spot-up shooter. He's not shooting off the dribble very much, but he also isn't a primary you know, initiator of offense. Even though he's a point guard by position, he plays better off the ball. Beverly's a good catch-and-shoot guy. That's why he was always a better fit than Ricky Rubio for this Timberwolves team. He's also pretty good with the ball in his hands, and he's been aggressive going to the basket lately, but he doesn't need the ball in his hands, and he's not going to get upset if he doesn't have the ball in his hands often. He'll just knock down threes when the ball gets swung to him, and that'll be that. And he understands that. He's a veteran. He knows his role. He knows he's a defense-first guy. But he's kind of, you know, a, a, a smaller version of a three and D guy, you know, from when that was all the rage a few years ago. He's he's the three and D guard uh, is, is what he is. Um, and that is a perfect fit for a high usage score like D'Angelo Russell, who would love to shoot from the mid range and from 30 feet are his two favorite spots to shoot, essentially. Carl Anthony Towns, who can score from anywhere, and Anthony Edwards, who's scoring at the basket or he's shooting threes and drawing fouls, or at least should be drawing more fouls than he is, uh, but eventually will draw more fouls when he gets more whistles. And it's such a perfect mix of offense, and then you throw in a guy who's just going to knock down threes in Beverly and a guy who's going to cut and get dunks, be in the right place at the right time, and generate additional possessions with his offensive rebounding ability and his energy in Jared Vanderbilt those pieces work together so perfectly on offense. And I've talked about the defense too, uh, but but in a nutshell, essentially, you've got two plus defenders in Beverly and Vanderbilt. One's a guard, one's a big, essentially, although Vando can guard threes very effectively and can switch onto twos in a pinch. You've got two plus defenders. You've got three plus offensive players in Edwards, Russell, and Towns. Towns would be, I, I would consider him a plus plus offensive player. And both Russell and Edwards well, they're, they're a little bit more peaks and valleys than Carl Anthony Towns is in terms of their output offensively and their efficiency, especially both those guys can have plus plus and even plus 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 individual efforts, you know, with relative regularity, you know, what, what is it once every three, four five games? One of those guys goes off for 28 points efficiently, or one of those guys knocks down five or six threes. Maybe it's once every five games. Um, but to have the ability to have three guys that can do that on a nightly basis, Towns, who does, who holds up his end of the bargain far more often than not. And then you've got um, those guys are all improving incrementally on defense. Russell went from one of the worst defenders in the league. So did Edwards. Those two guys were two of the worst defenders in the league the last couple of seasons. Uh, and for Edwards, that's his whole career. But for Russell, for much of his career, been one of the worst defensive players in the league. They're both pretty much average now. They've they've kind of been, all the metrics suggest that, the eye test suggests that, steal rates going up for those guys. You know, the Timberwolves defense as a whole suggests that they've improved. Um, Russell simply, all it is is fighting through screens, being in the right place at the right time, which he's always been able to do. And he's got the length and the size to be a good defender. It's it's just the, the, you know, the average at best athleticism for an NBA point guard that Russell has. And Edwards, it's just a matter of making the right play. He's got all the tools. We know that. He's long, he's athletic, he's quick. He can get steals, jump passing lanes. We saw him get four steals in the first quarter against the Thunder on Wednesday. So if those guys and Towns, who's continued to improve the past couple of seasons defensively, he was pretty good last year when he was healthy. If those three continue to improve incrementally on defense, if Beverly and and Vanderbilt continue to be plus defenders and three of the five of them are plus offensive players, I, I, it's it's pretty pretty darn close to the perfect lineup that you'd want to put around Carl Anthony Towns. It's really hard to, uh, to, to draw it up much better. 
than that five. And the, and the numbers bear that out. And I want to get into the numbers next and just how good they are, because they're still phenomenal. There's also another lineup the Wolves have used a fair amount that's very similar. In fact, four of the same five players, but it's been awful so far. Smaller sample size, but still a significant sample size. And it's been downright terrible. What player is it, do you think, that wasn't a part of the five? Which player gets swapped out that brings this lineup from great to terrible? And what player gets swapped in? It, it was a little bit surprising to me, actually. Um, so we'll get to that here next. Uh, before we do that, though, let's talk about our title sponsors of today's show. And that is, of course, our friends over at Prize Picks. Timberwolves fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks now for months. Have you signed up yet? If not, you need to. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you have not checked it out, you are missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app for NBA and mixed spots pickums. The Christmas Day games were amazing when all that basketball was happening. Basketball took center stage. Obviously, there was some football in the afternoon, but that was perfect if you were playing Prize Picks. And there's uh, NFL playoffs coming up. I guess this is week 18 now, but you get into week 18 and then the playoffs are going to be a ton of fun to do the uh, to do the mix spot pickums. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players that only record a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points to assists, rebounds to three-pointers made and more. All of Use all users that deposit and use our promo code will get 100% instant deposit match up to $100. It's promo code NBA. Again, promo code NBA. You'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All you do is pick two to five players and an over under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. So, for instance, in a mixed sport entry, as a uh, the Vikings aren't going to be in the playoffs, so all, 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 um, Here's a comparison that might anger uh, Minnesota sports fans. But hey, uh, in the playoffs, say in the NFL playoffs, say you want to take Carl Anthony Towns over on points and maybe because you hate the Packers, because perhaps you're a Vikings fan, if you listen to this, maybe you're going to take the the Aaron Rodgers over on, you know, 0.5 interceptions or whatever. And you take the over on Rodgers interceptions, the under or the the over on Carl Anthony Towns points or or the under on, you know, Carl Anthony Towns assists or whatever. You can mix sports and, uh, and play with the mixed sport entries. You can use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in just 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepix.com today. Use promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. If you're not playing PrizePix, you honestly do not know what you're missing. Let's also talk about our friends over at Shopify. Shopify is more than a store. Connect with your customers, can drive sales, and manage your day-to-day. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Trust me, it's it's amazing. Shopify is absolutely amazing. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA 
for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NBA right now. Shopify.com slash NBA. All right, let's get into the lineup data uh, when it comes to this this Timberwolves, this vaunted Timberwolves starting lineup. So again, Russell, Beverly, Edwards, Vanderbilt, and Towns have now appeared in 13 games together, 142 minutes played. It's the Timberwolves' most used lineup. It's the only lineup that they've used for more than 80 minutes all season long. In fact, the only lineup they've used for more than 55 minutes all season long is this lineup, Beverly, Russell, Edwards, Vanderbilt, Towns. They currently have a net rating of 50.5, which is just absolutely insane. It remains the best lineup league-wide. Um, I, I just, it, it's hard to explain just, just how good this is. Well, actually, no, it's not because look at the Wolves' next best lineup. Their next best five-man lineup is a 4.4 net rating in 46 minutes. And that's Beverly Russell, uh, Edwards, McDaniels, and Towns. So no Vanderbilt plus McDaniels, Still, their second best lineup of any lineup that's been used, uh, I, I put in 40 minutes or more. So there's been eight lineups that the Wolves have used for 40 minutes or more this year. Their second best lineup is the same thing, but with McDaniels instead of Vanderbilt, it drops from a 50.5 net rating to a 4.4 net rating. The rest of the Wolves lineups are all below that. So that's their second best five-man lineup. And these are all variations on on virtually the same starting lineup. And no surprise, Carl Anthony Towns is in seven of the eight lineups. Uh, Patrick Beverly is in four of the eight lineups. D'Angelo Russell is in three of the eight lineups. Um, and those are the players that are that are most consistently, actually, I take that back. Anthony Edwards is the only player that's in all five, or excuse me, all eight of these lineups, which is surprising. So Towns is in seven of the eight. Edwards is in eight of the eight. And uh, Russell is in five of the eight. Uh, no, three of the eight. Beverly's in five of the eight. So there you go. Um, so 50.5 for this this amazing lineup. Take Vanderbilt out, put in McDaniels, it's 4.4. But check this out. The Timberwolves' worst five-man lineup by far. In fact, they've only got four that are negative at all. There's four positive, four negative. And the 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 negative lineups are a negative 0.9, a negative 1.2 net rating, and a negative 2.4 net rating. These are all in roughly 40 minutes a game. But the Timberwolves' fifth most used five-man lineup is a negative 23.4 this season in 48 minutes. A negative 23.4 in 48 minutes. The exact same as the best lineup, except instead of D'Angelo Russell, it's Malik Beasley in that lineup. So that's with Beverly at, at the point guard spot, Beasley at the two, and Edwards at the three, Vanderbilt and Towns. So the only difference is taking D'Angelo Russell out, replacing him with Malik Beasley, the lineup goes from a 50.5 net rating to a negative 23.4. That's a net rating swing. I'll do the math so you don't have to, of 73.9. It's insane. Obviously, there's lots of factors that play into this. Yes, we're talking about not even a half of a season. We're talking about a lineup that's played 142 minutes and a lineup that's played 48 minutes. But it's still mind-boggling that the difference could be that great. Um and, you know, there was that period of time, obviously, when D'Lo was out, he missed the three games with the ankle, then the health and safety. Remember, Beasley never went out due to health and safety protocols. Uh, so some of this was just a little bit earlier this week. Um, and, uh, well, actually, well, yeah, I guess a little bit would have been. But um, that lineup only briefly started together. And so this has mostly been just essentially substitution pattern, which is why that lineup only has 48 minutes. But at any rate... This is the fifth most used Timberwolves five-man lineup, and it is a negative 23.4. 
I mean, D'Angelo Russell, for as much flack as he's taken for his terrible defense and his occasionally, um, let's call it lack of uh, lack of willingness to distribute the basketball in crunch time situations, and I've gotten on him, you know, when, when necessary, I've gotten on him on the show, right? I mean, D'Angelo Russell has those games where he just isn't good. In fact, Wednesday was one of them, and I lauded Chris Finch for playing Jalen Noel down the stretch instead of D'Angelo Russell. Um, and Chris Finch loves this lineup. He talks about it all the time about how good this lineup has been. The starting five has been, um, how well they played together. I just talked about it last segment. He had some comments following the game on Wednesday against Oklahoma city about that. Um, it's well documented how good this lineup has been as a whole, but Finch has enough of a pulse on the game that he could tell, Hey, D'Lo doesn't have it tonight. He's of five outside the arc, three of 16 or whatever he was overall. Let's keep him out and put in Jalen Noel in this game that suddenly is close. And it worked out. Jalen was giving them something defensively as well. Um, now, next game, we're going to see that same starting five out there on Friday against the Thunder, and we're going to see D'Angelo Russell as part of that. Um, and, and I mean, by and large, this lineup has been fantastic all season, but it's up to the coach to be able to to kind of feel out, you know, the the in-game um, ups and downs and, and decide, you know, what, what the lineup needs to look like any given night. Um, just fascinating that the difference from Russell to Beasley would be that that massive. And, and Beasley struggles this year, also well-documented. I've talked a lot about it on the show. He looks nothing like the player the Timberwolves signed to an extension a couple of years, or I guess just a little over a year ago. Um, but they still, they got to figure out what what's going to happen with Blake Beasley. He's, I mean, I hate to say it, he's been borderline unplayable outside a couple of those games when those guys were out with health and safety protocols. He had a couple of big games mixed in there. He's obviously played well against the Nuggets a couple of times. He had a big game against the Jazz this year. I think the Brooklyn game, he was really good. But that's the problem. I mean, the Timberwolves have played, um, what, 38 games, and we can name five or six games off the top of my head where Beasley was good because he's been really bad basically in every other game this season, like 30 of the 38 games, he's been really bad. Um, and it just hasn't made up for how good he was in the other six to eight performances. So, um, Wolves have to figure out what they're going to do with him. Okay. I want to close the show by talking about, uh, a couple of roster related things. And then also a quick look at Wolves Thunder in the context of the Wolves win on Wednesday, what we could expect to see Friday night, uh, at Paycom center in Oklahoma city. Before we do that though, let's talk about our friends over at built bar. It's now the new year. That means new year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include built bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and in most cases, even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste, frankly, like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? I've got you covered. Actually, Built Bar has you covered because Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars have 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and only four net carbs, but they have 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever it might be. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a big fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost almost counted as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, 
Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's talk Timberwolves Thunder. So the Wolves, of course, beat Oklahoma City on Wednesday, 98 to 90 in Minnesota. Not a lot's going to change on the injury report. However, the Timberwolves do have one player now in health and safety protocols after going, what, three days, I think, with nobody in protocols. Um, Leandro Balmaro will be in health and safety protocols, is listed as out on Friday. Of course, he'd fallen out of the rotation lately anyway. Um, obviously, you know, hopefully he Hopefully things turn out okay health-wise for him and he's feeling okay, but he won't be with the team in Oklahoma City, will not play. McKinley Wright is also on assignment in uh, in Iowa, but it does look like Nathan Knight will remain on the roster, although he didn't play on Wednesday, uh, but he's not listed as as being in the G League for Friday's game. So uh, no Leandro Balmaro, also related to the health and safety protocol list. Greg Monroe's 10-day contract via the hardship exception expired on Thursday and he was not re-signed. There's now a report out there. Uh, I forget whose report it was. It was somebody, I think it, might have, it was either, it was somebody national reporting that Greg Monroe was going to sign with the Washington Wizards on a 10 day deal. Now is the time when the Wizards have been hit hard by COVID recently. I think they've got seven or eight guys on the health and safety protocols list, but it is this weekend when teams are able to start signing players to regular 10 day deals in a normal season, you know, put aside the hardship exception. So theoretically, the Timberwolves could have signed him to another 10-day. However, they could not sign him for the rest of the season without going into the luxury tax. So, you know, Patrick Beverly made the comment after the the Celtics win uh, a little over a week ago, right after Christmas in, in Minnesota, that he'd like to see Greg Monroe on the roster for the rest of the season. That wasn't realistic unless the Wolves made a trade to free up a roster spot, which would be a drastic move to to keep Greg Monroe. Um or if they were willing to go in the luxury tax for a guy who won't be in the rotation as well as he played in Minnesota. And as much as he can still help an NBA team, I truly believe that. Uh, I mean, you're not going to play him over Carl Anthony Towns or Jared Vanderbilt and probably not over Nas Reed most nights. So there really isn't any reason to, to go into the tax for a guy like that. Um, glad that he was able to showcase what he can still do in Minnesota. And of course, he was previously with the Capital City Go-Go, which is the Wizards G League team. He played a dozen or so games there prior to coming to Minnesota. So he gets to go back to an organization that's somewhat familiar with him and play for a team that's been surprisingly good in the Eastern Conference while they go through their, uh, their I guess, turn with the the, the packed health and safety protocols list. So good on Greg Monroe to get a, to get a spot or to get a job somewhere else. And too bad he's not with Minnesota anymore, but just wasn't in the cards. Um, so Wolves Thunder, no Balmaro, uh, shouldn't be any significant injury changes for the Thunder. Um, I don't think they're going to get anybody back that missed the game Wednesday, but they had most of their, their main rotation guys going back to, to the game Wednesday. I mean, the key takeaways from the game were essentially the Wolves got pounded in the paint by a team that should not have been able to beat them in the paint. Um, the Thunder don't have any real size and Carl Anthony Towns dominated when he got the opportunity to, but he also struggled with, and part of this, he gets sucked into this when he's guarded by smaller players is the offensive foul stuff. He's far more likely to be called for offensive fouls when a guy like Kenrich Williams is guarding him versus a, a true big, right? And so that's something that he's got to be careful with on Friday, getting into foul trouble against a team that he should be able to drop an easy 30 and 15, really, against a team like the Thunder that doesn't have the size to contend with him. Um, so Towns should have a big game. The Wolves did win on the glass on Wednesday, but it was by three rebounds. They lost the points in the paint battle by four or five points. And again, they should easily win both points in the paint they should win uh, the rebound battle 
and they should certainly shoot the ball better from deep than the Thunder. I know the Wolves are still, what, 22nd in the league in three-point shooting percentage this season, 23rd at coming into play on Thursday. Um, but the Thunder are, are 29th. So the Wolves should be able to outshoot the Thunder from outside the arc as well. The Thunder are pretty good defensively, but the Wolves, there's no excuse for them only scoring 98 points on Wednesday. Remember, they dropped 30 in the first quarter, were really good, and then just very sloppy the rest of the game. If the Wolves can tighten up some of those turnover issues, grab a few more rebounds, play a little bit better in the paint, Towns doesn't get into foul trouble. This this Thunder team is a team, the Wolves, at a fully healthy Wolves team now with you know a couple days reconditioning, knock the rust off for Towns and Russell. The Wolves should win by double digits. And, and my guess is that they'll be favored by probably six, seven, eight points uh, at betonline.ag for Friday's game. I haven't looked yet, but that, that would be my guess for line. Um, this is absolutely a winnable game for Minnesota. And it it stays relatively easy, of course. They go to Houston on Sunday. Houston is uh, the worst team in the league, although they did beat the Wizards the other night at the buzzer. Uh, but they're the worst team in, sorry, not in the league, the Western Conference. And then they go to, uh, they, they go play New Orleans after that. And New Orleans is has the third worst record in the Western Conference. Um, so uh, really the Wolves should have a four game winning streak when they go into Memphis next week. Um, you know, it's it's understandable if they drop one of these, but they will be favored in all these games and they should win them all. Um, and the, the way that they played in the second and third and early part of the fourth quarter on Wednesday simply can't happen again against a really uh, overmatched Thunder team, a team that should be overmatched by Minnesota. So um, that's Friday night. We'll have a post-game pod over the weekend uh, related to Friday's game. And then of course, Sunday's post-game pod will be Monday's show. Be sure if you're not following or subscribed that you do so. Thank you to those of you that do make Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. A reminder that we are on YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Wolves, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories, uh, also, one last reminder regarding Locked On Bets. Um, if you enjoy betting on sports, or even if you don't, and you just want to know a little bit more about you know a given night's matchups, now that you make Locked On Wolves your first listen, please make your second listen, Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.